This morning almost broke me. I cannot for the life of me wake up in the morning. I can't do it. I can't get up, get out of bed, do all this stuff. It's just impossible for me, apparently. I feel like Bart in that episode of The Simpsons where he really fucking tried (laughs) as hard as he could and he still failed. That was me today because in short, I had a meeting at 8 a.m. and astronomically early time for anyone no for you absolutely insane people shouldn't be awake at eight i get to work at eight every single day should not be the case should be a law (laughs) against it so i I wake up i'm like okay i'm gonna make it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna get there on time i shower put my eyes in put gel in my hair i have all these little tasks this little thing that i have to do and then I fucking drive. And when I drive, of course, of course today, I don't know. It's because everyone's up earlier. I get to see everyone at like 730 instead of when I normally drive. There were so many people on the road. All the lights were yellow. Turning red on my ass. <laughs> I stroll into the meeting at 810. No, you know what? Let me go one step back. When I get there, I'm like, oh, well, it's super early. There's got to be parking spots, right? There was more fucking people parked there than there were than there normally are. Like forty five minutes later. Everybody had to show up for the meeting at eight a.m. It's fucking ridiculous. So I had to like, (laughs) so that added like another five minutes of my time, and I'm just in the car in the truck, just fucking yelling at myself, just oh, this piece, what a piece of garbage! I hate my life. In short, I roll in at eight ten. Everyone's looking at me like, look at this dunce. Couldn't even make it on time. When I was walking up, this is exactly my problem in college. It was my problem. If I'm even going to be late to something by like five minutes, I'm like, what's the fucking point? That is such a horrible mentality. I'm like, if I'm going to be if I'm gonna be there late by five minutes, I may as well just fucking miss the day. You are killing me. That goes against everything I've ever believed You cannot in. imagine the amount of times I've been driving. Let me say that again. How many times I've been driving to class? I am strolling around in the fucking, you know, neighborhood, two neighborhoods down from the college because colleges don't be giving you parking spaces in this godforsaken country. I look down on my phone. (laughs) Class starts at 8. It is 7.50. I have not parked. I'm like, let's just call it a day. Jesus Christ. I think that's enough. I think they'll understand. You're insane. And then I just drive back home. What a waste of gas. The amount of times that I have done that is ridiculous. I don't know. And I don't know why. I mean, you can talk about your thoughts on it in a second. But I 100% am like, if it's five minutes, it may as well be an hour. What's the fucking point? What's the point of showing up, especially to like a meeting? I'm like, well, if I just don't show up, then they'll just be like, oh, you just decided to miss. But then if you like, like today I show up at 10, they're like, oh, this guy just couldn't fucking get here. You know? That's where my mind's at. It's the paranoia again. Mine goes the exact opposite direction. Mine's like, if you're not 30 minutes early, you might as well not even go. Oh my God, 30 minutes early? Yeah. I try to be at least 15 minutes early for work. Okay, here's my question to you then. Yeah. If you're going to be five minutes late, what is your mind doing? What are you thinking? I'm I'm calling my boss frantically and apologizing (laughs) on the verge of tears, hyperventilating, shaking, sweating profusely from my armpits. But you still want to get there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Because I I have an insatiable need to please everyone. And um, 
I have a terrifying fear of uh, disappointing people. So if I'm there early, I don't have to risk that. I mean, I guess. <laughs> How are we in love again? I don't do things early, so there's that. <laughs> How is this relationship working? <laughs> we are so we're different. And now, and now you show up like three minutes late, and I'm freaking out. But you're like, we could have been here 20 minutes later, and it, and it wouldn't have made a difference. Oh yeah, absolutely. For me, time times unless it's like you know, I don't know. I mean, my buds know. Our friends know, mm-hmm. and I apologize to them if it ever does upset them. It doesn't, from what I can tell. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's two different cases. If my friends, if our pals are like, hey, let's meet up at like 7 to watch a movie, I'm like, cool, 7.30 is fine because we're just hanging, you know? And I don't mean that I intentionally am like, I'm going to get there late. I'm just like, if I get there within the 30 minutes, it's fine because we're chilling, we're hanging. I'm not in like a meeting. I can't even get to those on time. But I'm not in. I'm not <laughs> in a meeting. You know. Oh. Whereas, and this is going to be a terrible example. If I have a meeting, <laughs> and someone says, "Let me disprove my point." And someone says, <sighs> "Like if our friend said, hey, we're throwing a surprise party. You have to be there at eight because that's when we're going to do it.' Then I'll get there at eight. You know." See, if somebody were to tell me that, I'd be there at like 7.50. Oh, sure. But, that, but, but what I'm saying is I'd be on time. Yes. But yes, if yes. it's just like if anyone's like, hey, you want to go get drinks? You want to go get dinner or whatever? I swear to God, if you use the word around when you tell me a time to get there, I'm going to be there around that time. Because <laughs> we ain't talking about on that time. We all know what around means. I'm going to be circling the perimeter. Oh, I don't know what around means. I figure... Around is like the millisecond before it becomes that time and the millisecond after that time. That's not even around. Around means going around the time. (laughs) So you're not there on time. You're there either before or after, but you're around. Okay. You're going to be late. (sighs) I'm going to be late tomorrow. I know it. Oh, probably. I know it. I'm fucking fucking trying, man. Why are you having such a hard time? Because I hate my life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that makes me feel good. I don't hate you. You're the best part of it. Aw, shut up. That's nice. <laughs> Stop. They can hear. Uh, I don't know. I just... What was that thing? This will be the last thing before we start. Yeah, we need to get going. It's like that thing that we saw on the internet. I think it was a TikTok that said, like, what was it? Revenge procrastination or something? Oh, you have that. Where essentially the idea is you feel like you have no control over your waking life. So the best way to gain control of your life is to stay up as late as you can. That way you can do all the things you want to do in the nighttime versus in the daytime. So that is legitimately what I do. Like I will not, I will be exhausted until like 10 and then be like four more hours, baby. Now I can do whatever the hell I want. I don't know how you function, but. It's hard. It's rough. Yeah. And then I can't wake up in the morning to get to a meeting at 8 a.m. Yep. See, I put myself in bed at 8.30 at night. I'm in my jammies. I'm all tucked in. (laughs) (laughs) I watch a a dozen or so ticky-talkies. I turn off my phone and I go betty-bye. I just have to add, that's an... And I mean no disrespect. That's okay. 
that's a psychopathic move to, <laughs> to, to turn your phone off at night. You're just like, hey, no one in my family or friends better need me because if you do, I ain't going to be there. <laughs> I don't know. Does someone need I... me to tow them? Good luck, buddy. You walking. <laughs> Does someone having a heart attack? Here's well, I hope thing. you pull through. I don't through, have friends. Oh, you do. I have you. And you have a family. Yeah, but they don't need to call me in the middle of the night. We have a landline. <laughs> what land if they do? <laughs> they have a landline. We have a landline. Yeah, not in your room next to your bed. Good. They don't need to wake me up. Good. You know what? Hey, <laughs> you dangling off a cliff? You don't need my help. I hope you fall. Call AAA. Mm-hmm. Should have <laughs> called someone else. <laughs> Welcome back once again to the Show Dependent Podcast. It is, of course, the podcast that exposes our codependent tendencies with the things that we love, how they shaped us into who we are today, and whether or not that relationship has changed. And oh boy, Kayla, today, it is a special occasion here on Show Dependent. You know why. It's spooky season. <laughs> I would play some spooky sounds here if I figure out how to do that, but it's probably not going to happen. We can make our own spooky sounds. I'm going to stab you. (laughs) I wish people that stabbed you would say that before it happened. You better look out because I'm going to get you. (laughs) Your taxes are due. Oh. You're going to shit your pants. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a real horror. Uh-huh. Anyways. In public. <laughs> oh, God. Everyone's going to see. Oh, and smell. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have had that Taco Bell. <laughs> yes, yeah, spooky season has arrived here on Show Dependent. And guess what? What? Spooky season, it ain't got to wait until October. Because September ain't got anything going on. You're right. (laughs) No big holidays, nothing fun happening at all. So spooky season, give it two months. Christmas gets two months. Yeah. And yes, I mean that. Hold all your little, oh, what about, I don't care. All right? Neither do I. Thanksgiving sucks. It ain't got nothing going on. Christmas gets two months here, and Halloween gets two months here as well. Hell yeah, baby. Because one month just is not enough time to absorb all the spookiness, all the scares, all the horror. That is Halloween. So we are starting spooky season off right with our episode on Resident Evil 4. Very nice. And I am very excited to do this episode. It is our first non-movie episode and we are going to discuss this game obviously. But oh my goodness, this game is everything for me. Let me give you just a little backstory before Kayla lets you know her history with this game. Resident Evil 4 is obviously the fourth mainline title in the Resident Evil franchise. There were three before. It is a survival horror franchise. Pretty self-explanatory, but just in case anyone out there just doesn't do video games, has never heard the word survival and horror together. It's a type of game where you must survive. 
And guess what? It's within a horror setting. Survival horror. Wow. Thanks for clearing that up, Eddie. Yeah, I mean, I guarantee you that some people are like, whoa, what does that mean? He expects me to know what survival horror is? I don't play video games. I don't listen that to language. That person needs to buy a thesaurus or just talk to people more. So all these games had to do with zombies. And the story is somewhat convoluted, but guess what? We're not going to get into all that. Resident Evil 4 had a long development cycle because they didn't really know what they wanted to do with it. The development team knew they wanted to try something new with this game. Oh, and they wanted to make it cool. They definitely succeeded in the latter, but with the former, they had no idea just how successful trying something new would be. So let's move on to our first segment. It is called the... Meet Cute. Our first meeting with Resident Evil 4. Kayla, go for it. I don't really remember the first time I watched Eddie play this game, but I do remember how excited he was to show me how good he was at it. Because you've played it, I don't know, a million times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Tons. Yeah. So that was cute. But I knew nothing about Resident Evil, and I still barely know anything. Uh, Horror games used to scare the hell out of me, but now they only scare me slightly. (laughs) I doubt I'll ever be able to play one alone. Uh, But if I ever were, it would probably be Resident Evil 4 because I know what's coming. And uh, Eddie would help me. So that's probably the only way I could do it. I've never seen the Resident Evil films. And I really don't have any intention of ever doing so. Not worth it. Yeah, uh, I've heard that from lots of sources. They're absolute ass. Let me just chime in real quick. Not only just because they don't follow the games like at all, which is just a sin. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. The story is insane and so good. But they're just bad movies. Oh. Well, yeah, I definitely won't be watching those then. Overall, my first impression of Resident Evil 4, it was that Leon is a douche. And uh, you can't trust villagers. But that was... uh, my initial takeaways from this game. So rude. Well, you know, I work with what I'm given. I make snap decisions. Just because <laughs> you have nice hair doesn't mean you're a nice person. I mean. <laughs> 2005. I barely remember it. It was the year when a struggling Nintendo console needed some help. Soon after... The news was out that there was a brand new survival horror video game coming exclusively to the GameCube that would change the genre forever. It was developed and published by an international video game company, Capcom. The revolutionary game was bought and sent to a loser named Eddie's room and hit Eddie's weak social life with a devastating blow crippling its very foundation. Not seeing anybody, Eddie only wanted to do one thing. Play Resident Evil 4. Capcom, seeing how much money they could make, decided to stop being a GameCube exclusive title. Soon anyone, anywhere, could play Resident Evil 4, and for all intents and purposes, games were never the same again. Sixteen years have passed since that fateful day. This is getting to know each other. This is where we recap our content. 
Resident Evil 4, we open beautifully with an intro narrated by our protagonist, Leon Scott Kennedy. Pretty much recaps the Resident Evil lore up to this point. Then, we join Leon in a car being driven to some place in Spain. The cops driving him are dicks to him, because guess what? He's American. And Leon explains he's here to find the president's kidnapped daughter and bring her home. That is his goal throughout this entire game, nice and simple. Things get bad fast though as Leon encounters a man who seems a little off. He's no zombie, but he attacks Leon who has to kill him to get away. Leon has no choice but to venture forth into a village where he fights a lot of villagers, huge monsters, and is injected with a mysterious substance. He meets a man named Luis who seems to know more than he lets on, but he soon finds the president's daughter, Ashley. Problem is, he is found by a man called Lord Sadler. This dude is the leader of some cult known as Los Illuminados and tells Leon that his plan was to kidnap Ashley, infect her with a parasite called Las Plagas, and send her back to kill her father and spread the parasite worldwide. Why? Because he can control those infected. Oh, and one more thing, Leon. You've been injected with the eggs of the parasite as well. There's also a mysterious third party and a lady in red who seem to be following Leon. Leon and Ashley escape to a whole ass castle that's off the side of the village and oh boy, do things get way worse. Ashley gets kidnapped again and Leon has to contend with a little person named Ramon Salazar and all the crazy monsters within the castle's walls. The villagers are in robes now. Fancy. <laughs> Leon finds out that the lady in red is his old squeeze, Ada Wong, from Resident Evil 2 days. And she's up to something. Luis gets killed, but uh, he gives Leon giant pills that will slow the Plaga's growth. Oh, and he also says he worked with Sadler, but he found out that uh, Luis stole a sample, right? And he took it back, so uh, you gotta get that thing. And then Luis dies. Oh, man. So sad. <laughs> Leon gets Ashley back, only to have her kidnapped again and taken to an island. Sadler tells a white guy named Krauser to go get Ashley and kill Leon. And he's very happy about this. Ada gives Leon a ride to the island, and here the villagers have traded their robes in for military fatigues. The scariest monsters show up. Ashley is mind-controlled. She dips with Sadler, and Ada and Krauser reveal they're working with Albert Wesker to get a sample of Las Plagas. If you don't know Resident Evil, let me just say Wesker is like the biggest bad of all the big bads, so this is no bueno. Leon has to kill Krauser. During their fight, Krauser lets it slip that Umbrella is behind everything. You know, that evil drug company that started this whole zombie thing? The ones that were supposed to be gone? A helicopter finally arrives to help Leon, but it is immediately shot down. Leon gets Ashley back one last time, and they use a machine to rid themselves of Las Plagas. Only thing left to do is kill Sadler and get that sample back. With the help of Ada, and of course, a rocket launcher... Leon prevails, and oh wait, Ada's holding a gun to Leon's head, and she steals the sample? Well, it's fine, she leaves him a jet ski key, and Leon and Ashley escape from the island as it blows up because Ada somehow planted gigantic bombs around this whole island. So mission 
Success. Hooray, we Yay. did it. Well done. Yeah, Leon did it. If only it was that simple as just telling you, instead of Eddie having to hit buttons and organize inventory and kill things. That's and the fun. Puzzles and... Yeah, organize... You got the condensed version, guys. We played it for like eight hours. Organize an inventory. That's the fun part. <laughs> now it is time for our next segment, which is called Going Steady. You know, that phase in a relationship where you've asked them out and now you're just talking about everything and anything about your life. Let's start this off by saying this. Resident Evil 4 is Survival Horror 2AT and... I'm not just talking out of my ass here when I say Resident Evil 4 redefined the whole genre. And for me, it redefined my whole life. Jesus Christ. That's really... that's. Are you sure? I'm 100%. Good Lord. 100%. That's intense. Let me tell you this. I thought I was dramatic with Twilight, but this is, this oh, no, is a no, whole no, no, other no. level. A young Eddie. Picture this. Young Eddie. Small. I'm shutting my eyes. Timid. Okay. Mm-hmm. Shy. No facial hair. Afraid of the world. Mm-hmm. That, that kid could not play horror games. That kid could not watch horror movies. Mm-hmm. My experience was essentially not being able to play anything that was scary until this game. Wow. Let me tell you a short story about my experience of Resident Evil before Resident Evil 4. Okay. They had just remade the original on the GameCube. Mm-hmm. I went to like a blockbuster or something. You Ugh. remember you remember when you could rent games? Can you smell it? No, don't you dare. Can you smell the carpet? Oh. And the the body odor of the 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 guy that's standing next to you in the aisle and he's hovering in the section that you want to be in, but you don't want to be rude and like ask him to move. So you just stand there like waiting for him to move, but you're just breathing in. That, like, Taco Bell grease seeping out of his armpits. <sighs> also, like, the plastic smell on the VHS cases. Yeah. Yeah, so Good those stuff. days, for some reason, convinced my father to let me rent this horror game. He probably knew that I don't play horror games. He probably knew who's going to throw away whatever money it was to rent a game. I don't fucking know. I don't remember. It was probably, like seven bucks i brought the game home popped it in i got like 15 minutes in and said nope cannot do this <laughs> nope. cannot do this i got scared by the first zombo and then the tension was just so high i was like you know what i think i'd rather not have a heart attack and die here today you probably played it at night too didn't you i don't know what to, whatever time it was it was too much for me <laughs> night or day too much oh absolutely and it's just you know I mean, talking about my experience with horror in general, as a child, it was like non-existent. Like, yeah, I watched like kids horror, you know, I read the scary stories to tell in the dark. Mm-hmm. And some of those pictures were too much for me. Yeah, they're pretty freaky. The fucking, what? Look at yeah. that thing. I mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Boy, you better get that book away from me. <laughs> you better put that back in the library. <laughs> I'm not trying to die today. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know. Like, you speak on your experience as horror. What what was it like for you as a kid? Oh, I couldn't even be in the same room as a horror movie a horror movie <laughs> playing. I couldn't. Like I I would literally just hear the ambiance of like the tension in the no no Mm-mm. Mm. no to to tell you how much of a wuss I am. I had like nightmares for like two weeks straight because I watched The Village. 
Oh, yeah, that movie is... Yeah, it's bad. It's a bad movie. <laughs> um, I haven't watched it as an adult, but uh, I was scared shitless as a kid. And yeah. uh, couldn't watch that. Also, um, yeah, just couldn't do any horror at all. Yeah, I mean, there were episodes of, like, Courage the Cowardly Dog that were too much for me. Yeah, oh, yeah, that... Especially late I at think, night. I think if my parents knew, like, what that show was, they would not have let me watch it. But right. I would like, it was like my thing. Like my parents would go like, watch whose line is it anyway? Like downstairs in the living room. And I'd sneak up into their room and watch Courage of Cowardly Dog at like 830 or whatever. Ooh, and late. then I was like, hmm, I, I don't like this. <laughs> but, the it's, but it's cool, but it's scary, but it's funny, but I'm afraid. Yeah. I mean, that was 100% my experience yeah. with horror. Like it was just too much. Watching movies, Candyman scared the shit out of me. Bloody Mary scared the shit. Just the idea of those mm-hmm. scared the absolute life out of me as a kid. I still to this day, I I cannot be in like a bathroom with the lights off because I'm just like I'm about to I'm about to <laughs> die. Something paranormal see, is see, gonna I, happen. I just go to the bathroom at night in the dark and I'm like, she gets me, she gets me, you know. Nah, I can't I've do accepted it. Accepted that fate. I turn on lights whenever I enter a room. Yeah. Oftentimes, I reach my hand in and turn on a light if I can. Wow. I'm not lying when I say I'm paranoid. But what I'm saying is this. Mm-hmm. Survival horror, Resident Evil 4, really just redefined this genre because it injected some action. And then that just turned everything on its head. And we're going to delve into it more. But I 100% am not kidding. This game changed my life. Because now... I mean, horror is one of my favorites, if not my favorite movie genre, game genre. It's like something that I'm 100% not only okay with, but like love yeah, and embrace. And in many cases, it doesn't scare me at all. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, it's funny just, how aging can really just make things okay. I, don't th- I really don't think it was aging, though. Hmm. It was just being able to play horror games. Being able to confront horror and run at it and fight it. I don't know. Think about that psychologically. Like being able to control and Mm -hmm. conquer the horror. Being able to fight back and win against it and feel all that. I think that really was just what gave me a sense of, oh, I can do this. Yeah. For me, like, because I also love horror now as an adult. I think for me, it was being in theater. And, like, getting to do musicals and things like that. Because I got to see the process of creating monsters. And, like, doing makeup. And how special effects work. So I was, like, able to dissect the beast that is the horror genre. And actually see it for what it is. Which is just a bunch of liquid latex and food dye. So that's probably how I ended up coping. And becoming really obsessed and involved in horror films. So, yeah. Right. That makes sense. And again, we'll expand on it in a second. But let me just, I have to add that not only did this game change my life, but it really just changed entertainment as a whole, especially with video games. When this game came out, it was the biggest game ever, like one of the biggest of all time. So many games after the fact were like, ooh, over the shoulder camera. Ooh, like do this because Resident Evil 4 did it. Look at the color palette. Let's do that. It brought upon like the gray area, the gray 
era of video games where everything was like gray and like grimy and stuff like resident evil 4 was 100 percent a game changer for video games <laughs> game changer <laughs> and not right. only that but i mean kayla you brought up about the idea that like and i mean we get to it here in a second so i'm getting ahead of myself but resident evil 4 very much could be credited with zombies coming back zombies being popular again and i know we're a bit removed from it but it was around the time that resident evil 4 got big that like zombies as a whole got big again Mm -hmm. but anyways let's move on from this little bit here yeah because kayla there's a section in this game oh boy where you are in a mine yeah and while and i'll be honest i love this game while this section (laughs) is not very fun it did bring about some feelings for Kayla. Yeah, it got me it got me feeling some kind of way. Why? Um, I don't like mines. Why not? I had a traumatic experience in second grade. <laughs> what? Yeah, so we went me in my second grade class, we went to a state museum and uh they had like a mine exhibit in it and I don't like mannequins. That's another fear thing I have. I like don't like mannequins. Like you can ask Eddie, where were we? Uh, we were just somewhere recent Vegas. I don't know for SummerSlam. I don't know. There was a mannequin in the airport. There were a few oh, mannequins, yeah, 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 and I like, yeah, yeah. couldn't look at them because I was like, "Ooh, no thanks." Um, so it still kind of affects me today. I can bear it now, but. In the mine exhibit, can there were, you real quick? Yeah, try and explain why you don't like mannequins. Oh, it, um, just because they look like people. Uh, yeah, I think it's like the uncanny valley effect. Oh yeah. Um, be, I'm fine with like shop mannequins, like the ones that like don't have faces and they're just like statues, basically. Really. But as soon as they like have human features and you like put a wig on it and you like put them <laughs> in realistic much. clothes i can't i can't fucking handle like i don't know how i'd react in a wax museum like i think i'd shit myself oh they're coming at you oh my god no i don't think i could do it maybe maybe we really? will one day but um i think it'd be okay now but because the difference between like wax figures is that wax figures are actively trying to look like someone so it's like <laughs> i mean oh, i guess yeah, yeah because how do I explain this? So, like, if I were to see a Brad Pitt wax figure, I wouldn't be afraid. Because I'd be like, oh, yeah, I, like, know what Brad Pitt looks like. Like, the artist did a really good job. But if I see a fucking, like, old-timey man in a mine shaft with, like, soot on his face with, like, three teeth. And he's like, Arr! and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you no. just don't like old mannequins? I don't. You don't like period-specific mannequins? Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Brad Pitt. Fine. He's fine. He's fine. Old train conductor. No. I think my life is about to end. Yeah, I'm going to kill myself. Um. Anyways. Okay. So on this trip, um, I had a panic attack before I even knew what panic attacks were when I saw the mannequins. And um, I started like hyperventilating and crying. And I was in second grade. So I was, you know, not little, but I was not old. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? Eight years old, maybe? In second grade? Oh, no, seven. Maybe yeah, six or seven. Yeah, something like that. Maybe six. Probably closer to six. Um, So I started having a panic attack, and then my teacher had to carry me out um, 
like a sad little koala bear. I was so <laughs> upset. <laughs> um, and I couldn't stop crying. And she had to, the only way you could get out of that section of the museum was to go through the <laughs> mine. They got you, man. So, like, I had to go, like, through these dark tunnels with, like, ambient sounds, like the creaking and, like, mm. the water drips off the stalactites. And the it was only lit by, like, shitty fake lanterns. And, oh, my God. And you could hear, like, old men, like, talking <laughs> in the mine. Yeah, it was that shit. Um, yeah. And then I didn't stop crying until she sat me down in the bus seat. And then we went home. Did you yell? Oh, I was scream crying. Hi. I don't want to be here. <laughs> I want my mom. God, what a shitty day for that teacher. She did a great job. She like, made fuck. me feel better. I mean, I'm sure, but it's also like, oh. Yeah. I've, this was supposed I, to be chill, and now it's not. I don't know. I don't remember which teacher it was. It's it, fine. But thank you. Thank you for comforting me. If you're out there and you're listening, <laughs> I really appreciate it. You didn't solve my trauma, but you definitely took me out of a situation I didn't want to be in. So thank I, you. I love when rides are just, well, you got to keep going. It's, it's fucking like, awful. Why don't you offer people a way out? No, it's so, oh, it was so shitty. Uh, well, it's even just, like, just it's, thinking about it, like makes my knees weak. Really? Yeah. We got to get to the bottom of this. Maybe in a past life of a miner like fucking killed me. <laughs> killed me in a mine shaft. Picture of a miner. Reincarnated. No, I don't trust miners. Picture a miner in your in your head. Oh, sir. Uh, no. How many teeth he got? <laughs> Seven. There you go. <laughs> I was thinking three. I mean, three in the front, and then he's got a few molars hanging out in the back. Oh my god! And he's got two in his pocket. Ew! <laughs> what is he doing with them? He's holding on to them. Oh, okay. They're not his. Yeah, but the mine part of Resident Evil Four was not triggering, but when I saw the mine cart, I was like, whew. <laughs> oh, I don't know about all this now. I don't know. <laughs> like honestly, the the zombies were less scary than the mannequins. Yeah, mines are mines are somewhat scary. I you know I don't know. I think I've talked about it before. I'm not afraid of like small spaces and stuff. Yeah. The dark is very scary, and mines are pretty dark. So I don't They're know how I would do in a mine. Um, <laughs> I don't they know are about underground. that. Yeah, but where? Underground. But like what city? Oh my god, France. Oh, there's the, catacombs in under the there. Catacombs. <clears throat> you know, I don't know. I think I've been in an actual mine before, and I think I was all right. I have a really hard time believing you've been anywhere involving going underground. That and isn't why? a subway. Because I can't imagine you out in the wilderness or like trusting people to take you into a mine. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, you don't. You don't trust things like that, and you shouldn't, because it's scary. Well, let's transition from what scared Kayla to something that scared everyone in the past, but I feel like doesn't really scare people much anymore. So in Resident Evil 4, the enemies are called Ganados. Oh. They're like infected humans, but they're not zombies. I didn't know that's what they were called. Yeah, every enemy in this game has a name. God, that's, that's tedious. That's a lot of world building. Are we sure we're not playing a fantasy game? Oh, I mean, it's got lore. It does have lore. Like the chainsaw guy, which we haven't brought up yet, but <laughs> his name is like Mr. Something. Mr. Spinning Blades, man. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying here is that the Ganados, they changed horror because we shifted from slow zombies in the first three Resident Evils to smart intelligent mm. infected humans who were controlled by this big boss guy 
So they were just like essentially evil humans, you yeah. know? Like, yeah, they were brainwashed under parasite control, but the games from this point on in Resident Evil are all like infected humans who are sentient, who have brain power, who are smart, who can run, who mm-hmm. can use weapons. Who can avoid uh, getting shot in the face with a shotgun yeah, because they can dodge. Mm-hmm, who actively try and dodge your attacks and all these other things. And in entertainment, that's definitely where like the undead have gone, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you think about a movie like, what is it, World War Z? Yeah. Which I haven't seen, but I know the zombos, they could run. Or yeah, even better. Yeah, they're very better. fast, and they, they behave more like ants. Yeah. Or even better example, 28 Days Later. Mm-hmm. That came out, and everyone was freaking the fuck out because it was just super fast zombies, pretty yeah. much. These things could go a full sprint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you ain't winning against these oh, zombies. Oh, no. Imagine if Usain Bolt oh, got my turned. God. Yeah. <laughs> So nobody would live. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is are traditional zombies even scary anymore? Yeah. Or have we sort of I guess just naturally progressed beyond the idea of whoa, a slow walking undead creature like whatever, dude. I can sprint for 30 seconds, you'll never mm-hmm. catch me, you know? Yeah, I guess it kind of like begs the question of like what scares you because I think the allure or i guess the opposite of that um with zombies is that they're constantly present and they're always there and they're always pursuing um so that that paranoia is definitely scary but um by speeding it up it it definitely uh, ups the ante a little bit to know that they they are not only as fast as you but they you know, from depending on what arena you're talking about, uh, they won't react to pain. Yeah. So it's uh, it's definitely interesting. Uh, I don't think that traditional zombies will ever come back in popularity again. Um, right. Because even it's just kind of lack of intrigue at this point. Yeah. And especially now, because as I alluded to earlier, Kayla mentioned in a previous conversation when we were planning for this podcast, that Resident Evil, I think we could credit with bringing zombies back into the popular domain. Yeah, for sure. You know, because around the time the first Resident Evil came out, which I don't have the exact year, but it was like in the 90s, that's kind of when zombies started coming really back into what's popular, and then it just built and built from there. And then we had The Walking Dead, Mm. which I think was good. Traditional zombies. But I think The Walking Dead kind of, in a way, fully killed the traditional zombie. Isn't that ironic? Yeah. But it's just like, I don't know. I think it fully, like, this, you know, 20, it wasn't 20 years, but like 15, 20 years, I guess, in that range, really just did everything you could do with a traditional zombie. Oh, yeah. Because after that point, we'd seen it all. Yeah, pretty much. I mean... In 2005, when Resident Evil 4 came out, it was revolutionary. It Mm -hmm. was like, wait a minute. Did that zombie just dodge my attack? Yikes. Are they communicating? Are they talking? Like these zombies, and it gets better from here, but these zombies like actually, in a way, make plans Mm -hmm. on like how they're going to get you. And like in the game, which is so funny, 
because you're in Spain, they speak Spanish. Yes. <laughs> and or if should you say, si. mm-hmm. And if you speak just very little Spanish, you can hear them saying things like detrás de ti, which means behind you. So it's kind of funny for me playing it because I was like, wait a minute, did that guy just say behind me? And then I turn around and oh shit, there's a guy right there. <laughs> gotcha. And they like are constantly saying like, kill him, get him, um, don't let them escape. They're smart. They're making a plan. Like, mm-hmm. holy shit, I'm going to die. Oh yeah, and like, you did a lot. Oh boy. Yeah, so it's just, again, it sort of ups the tension because you're against a smarter enemy. Mm-hmm. And that's why, I mean, they needed some action elements in this game. Because I don't necessarily think that this game would have been as good if it was just slow, lumbering zombies that didn't have any personality, whatever. And couldn't wield weapons. Yeah. Yeah, because they're throwing, like, sickles at you. At one point, they're shooting guns. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, some would say too much. Oh, speaking of too much, there's a lot of edge Oh my god, don't even... I mean, hey, you called Leon a douche, which is very disrespectful. I don't know if he's a douche or a dad. It's hard to tell. (laughs) He's he's very much a dad. He's got some dad energy. But that fucking hair makes him a douche. Oh, come on. That was... He brought that back. The, like, swoopy 90s boy band hair. Those bangs? Oh, boy. Boy was killing it. Is Leon attractive? He's fine. Fine. Out of 10. Like a 7. Oh, my. Are you kidding me? No. He's ripped. He's not ripped. I don't like the light hair. What if he had brown hair? Then I'm just watching DMC. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of DMC, Mm. let me talk to you about some edge right here. DMC stands for Devil May Cry, and the original Devil May Cry came out in 2001. Wait, wait, wait. Tell the people, is Devil May Cry a movie or a game? It's a video game. Okay, good. Came out in 2001. It's tied to Resident Evil 4 in a very interesting way. Because it was Resident Evil 4 until it wasn't. Oh, oh, oh. Explain. In 1999, I know we're giving you like backstory in this episode and stuff. It's different. It's important. But it's important. In 1999, Capcom said, we're making Resident Evil 4. Let's make it cool as shit. For some reason, they decided their number one goal in this game was make it cool. Hell yeah. So they went. They made it as cool as they could. They made like gothic architecture, a wisecracking, sexy protagonist Badass running around. two pistols. Mm-hmm. Love just it. doing flips and stuff. And they were like, wait a damn minute. This is not Resident Evil. <laughs> So they said, you know what? This game looks good. Do not call it Resident Evil. Make it something else. And they made Devil May Cry another huge franchise from Capcom. So good. But that edge, that coolness still remains in Resident Evil 4. And it's funny because it still was a sticking point. Like, well, I'll talk to you about the builds a little bit more here in a second. But their number one point was to make Leon cool. Leon! Did they succeed? He's fine. You, yeah, come I on. think he's definitely cool by like <laughs> 2005 standards. He's still cool today. Yeah, he, uh, he's fine. He's cool. He's, it, I don't know. He comes off as like try hard to me. That's what all action movie stars are. 
I guess you're right about that. Because he's 100% an action movie star. Think about the one-liners that these guys have, especially, like, Arnold. Arnold. He always does one-liners. You're right. Stick around after he throws a pipe and sticks someone to a wall. Yeah, I guess the reason that I have, like, a hard time with it is because, like, I guess I'm I'm so stuck on, like, my horror genre lens that I can't, like transition into like a more lighthearted action uh mentality but i guess that's a good that's a good contrast to have that's why it was so successful yeah because then i mean like me it brings people in brings the action in and i mean how fun is it leon he has so many one-liners at one point sadler or no salazar says i've sent my right hand which is one monster who was by his right side after Leon to go kill him. And Leon says, your right hand comes off. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus. Not a good joke. No. But a good That's joke. That's where he's a dad. But a good joke. <sighs> yep. He has so- another line. Right before you fight huge monster Salazar. He says, monsters. Guess after this, there'll be one less to worry about. And I'm just that's fuck like the, yes. No, that's like the worst line, boy, ever. Send it. That, it's I think horrible. that's one of my favorites in the whole it's game. It's so bad. What? I, I think it is so. A hundred percent. Let me tell you a true story. <laughs> now that you're ridiculing me, I'm not ridiculing you. Didn't write the script. I'm not mad at you. <laughs> it's in my veins. Oh my god. I feel He's the just pain. Himself like. Kill my son. <laughs> like the fucking Godfather. Look how they massacred my boy. Oh my god. Fine, defend this shitty line. Go ahead. I mean, I wasn't necessarily... I could defend it. Please. What I was going to say is, as a child and up until this day, I honestly think that's like one of the best lines in the game. If and, not the <laughs> coolest line in the game. I was like, fuck yes. Leon. It's not even threatening. It's just mad. About to take a out. But that's cool, right? <laughs> math is not cool it's just it's like his confidence and he's just like i'm about to kill this thing I he's guess. just monsters or whatever i fought so many of them already this man ain't nothing i guess you're you know right. what i'm saying you're right isn't yeah. that badass i don't know i don't i just i guess i think i just well what's cool to you i don't know i was literally just thinking like how i don't gonna, know what i think is cool how would you make leon cooler how would you make him because they're going to update this game, right? Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. going to reboot Resident Evil mm-hmm. 4 because they've been doing it with all the other Resident Evils. Yeah. What do you want to see change in Leon? Um, maybe a little less a little less humor. Wow. But yeah. that's the soul of the game. Just a little bit less. Like what? Just making the jokes a little less cringe. <laughs> it was 2005. I know. That's why we can update the they humor. They still hold up, though. I think it all hits. I know you do. Is it the rose-tinted glasses? I think it is. I don't know. I wish God. you could see it through my eyes. I wish you could and see I'm it not, through mine. I, I, I'm same. <laughs> I, I really wish I could feel the same way you do because it feels very exciting. Um, no, and I don't want you to feel like I'm trying to shit on the game because it's a fun no, game. I don't. It's a great time. And I, I enjoy it. I just don't think he, I, he's not a badass to me. And it's I'm probably just, because I didn't play this game as a kid. I'm just baffled by that. Yeah, I don't think he's a badass. Damn. I mean, I love his roundhouse kick. His suplex is sick. Yeah, he takes people to Suplex City. Yeah, Their that's heads fun. pop off. That's fun. Sometimes This man sometimes does a roundhouse kick and explodes a man's head. Hilarious. Do you think it's cool to jump out of windows? 
Oh my god, this shit. Ugh, no, I think it's idiotic. Can you tell me, how does Leon get around this village, this video game? I'll tell you how he doesn't get around. He doesn't use ladders for some fucking reason. <laughs> He'll be in like a three-story building. He's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to kick this ladder down to the ground yep. and then jump out of the window. Like a badass. Like an idiot. Does he survive? Somehow. I don't know. I think that's the I think that's the disconnect with me because like logically survival should be the goal, not looking like a badass. But he is surviving. He makes it through the whole game. It's such a high risk. I think not that, for him. Is he a superhuman? That boy hits the ground running. It'd be different for me if he was like <laughs> It'd be different for me if he was like actually you know, if like the parasite gave him like an ability to like not take damage or like it made him stronger, then I'd be fine with these choices. But he's just a fucking dude with a gun and a plan. And it's like, I can't, I cannot condone this behavior, Leon. Use the ladder. You're going to roll an ankle and Ashley's going to die. What are you doing? I hope you could just feel my eyes oh rolling. i feel it it's annoying get I'm out of not here to look at you <laughs> it's so sick let me set the tone for you within five minutes of playing this game for the first time you are dropped off by some spanish assholes who hate you because you're american valid you Fair. walk up to a house are accosted by a guy have to murder him and then the only way out of the house is you go upstairs and it says press whatever button to jump out the window and you're like let's see how this is gonna play out how's Leon gonna do this boy throws himself oh my god does a front flip why lands on like his knees in like a roll and then goes up to his feet and it's just like Boy, that ain't nothing. You know what I think it is? I think they didn't want to animate him going up and down a ladder. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but here's the thing. Let's just throw him out the window. That'll be easier. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I'm just, I, I feel like I'm mixing games. I want to say there is one point where he's seen going up a ladder, but I don't think it, that he is. No, 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 there is. Because no, he looks is, up yeah. Ashley, Ashley's skirt. Yes. There's so that like, option where you can look up. That's skirt. it. That's it. That's the one. It and you know why he mm. uses the ladder? Because it's fucking drilled into the wall and he can't push it down. Oh no, yeah. So they <laughs> they do have an animation of him going up ladders, but this man never goes down a ladder. It's like shoots and ladders. He it's, he can only use the slide, but the slide the is jumping out the window. Imagine you're hanging out with someone. No. You're like in a tree house. I would never be friends <laughs> you, with this You climb down. No. And you're like, oh man. You should probably come down here. There's a ladder right there. And then he looks at it, kicks the hell out of it. You're like, what the fuck, man? What are you going to do now? And he just jumps. You are, sh- you are, no. Puts all his faith, out. all his faith in those fucking calves. And he just lands. My knees and ankles both started hurting when you said that sentence. Listen, when you're a badass like Leon, you don't need knees or well, ankles. thank God I'm not a badass like Leon. He's so damn cool. Oh my God. Okay. He's okay. your boy. He's my dog. He's your dog. I love him. He's pretty cool. <laughs> you don't have to agree with me. No, it's fine. Okay. I think he's cool. I just think he's cool to like a 13-year-old boy. 
I was 14 at the time. Well, there you go. I'd I thank you to respect my <laughs> Put age. Put that age up a, up a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my goodness. Well, let me talk about these builds. Let me nerd out a little bit. Oh, you haven't been doing that for the last, like, hour? No. no. God, I wish I had a Leon, like, cutout. No, I no. You'd just be hanging out in the corner of the room, keeping me safe. You would freak out in the middle of the night, no. forget it was there, and then you would think it was a sleep paralysis demon. No. And then you'd, you'd throw That's not even how it. my sleep paralysis worked. Well, you develop a new kind somehow. Not with Leon. <laughs> not with Leon. He'd keep me safe. He'd like, keep me safe. Leon! You're Ashley, huh? Let me tell you this. You want to be Ashley. This This game <laughs> went through four builds. The original became Devil May Cry. The next build was called the Fog build. And guess what, Kayla? You hit upon something that they had in the original idea. I did? It was that Leon was going to be infected and it was going to give him powers. That's what I wanted. Yeah. So they had a demo of it. They said, this ain't working. Aww. This ain't happening. Let's try it again. I probably would have liked it. They go on to a new build called the Hookman build. Why, you may ask? Is Candyman in this movie? No, but there is an enemy who has a hook. He features prominently in like a demo that's online. And Leon is in like a castle. He's got the leather jacket, Mm, the leather coat. He's cool now. Right? Mm -hmm. And in this build, uh uh-oh, you are behind Leon, controlling him in third person. You can aim a laser from your gun to aim at enemies. These are things that showed up in the final product, but they said, nah, this ain't working out. Oh, my God. It ain't got the spirit. This but, is the most frustrating drafting process. But at Capcom. this point, they also said, we don't want zombies anymore. Make it different. We go to the next build called the hallucination build. Ooh. And in this one, there were moments in the game where like the filter would go blue and Leon would be like hallucinating supernatural things happening. So you were like fighting almost ghosts. Ooh, it kind of reminds me of DMC. Yeah, so Leon was fighting. He was still in the castle. The hookman was still there. But it was like, what's going on with Leon? He's infected. Is it the virus? Is it something more? So they were like, ooh, let's play with this, you know? Mm-hmm. They eventually decided, no, that's not the way we're going to go. But let's get away from zombies. Let's get those ganados. Let's make the enemies smart. And we got the masterpiece that is Resident Evil 4. Are you going to do the the chef kiss sound now? <sighs> so wow. good. Wow. It's so good. I fucking love this game. You got in on your fingers on that. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of passion behind those kisses. Let's talk about passion. Okay. We have three characters here that are just... They have... Either huge fan bases mm-hmm. or a huge portion of the population that absolutely hates them. Perfect. Or for the last one, Stole Kayla's Heart. Oh my God. Let's start off with the first character. His name is The Merchant. Yep. Tell me about him. How he, did you experience so he, this? Man? He literally doesn't have a name. No, he's just The Merchant. I want him to have a name. He and they are The Merchant. Oh yeah, because there's multiple. Yeah, so tell us. Is he us, real? How do how do you get the guns? I don't know, but how is he omnipresent? Well, can you tell me who he is first? Uh, okay, so the merchant is a dude that you can buy stuff from. 
He's your shop. <laughs> um, he wears a hood, and he's got a funny voice. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> That's not in... No. <laughs> Nobody hears that except for you. Guys, let me tell you something. Resident Evil Foreheads, all my RE4 boys and girls out there, let me tell you a little something. When you talk to the merchant, you buy anything from him, he laughs. He says, <laughs> thank you. And at the beginning, when he goes, <laughs> under that main laugh, you can hear a little, <laughs> it's there. You I, know it's there. It's not Kayla there. cannot hear it. It's not there. You're... M- I swear. Why would I make up a tiny laugh under... I don't know. I think it may be in the original version you played, and then... Uh-uh. No, no, no. I think it was on the GameCube. I believe you, but in every version I have listened to you play, and at every point you've pointed it out, I've never been able to hear it. <laughs> but I pointed out because it's there. I think that if it was only in the game, no. if it was only in the GameCube, I would be like, "Oh, in the GameCube, they did this." Fun fact. But are you sure you haven't just convinced your subconscious that it's there, yes, and now so you I hear, it, hear every it every time? I am not that smart. I'm not that strong of will that I could just. I guess hallucinate. I mean, audio sounds, audio clips. I I really tried to hear that sound. And I can't. I don't know what to tell you. It's there. It's my favorite little thing about his laugh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy for you. I will never experience it, probably. Unless somebody has amazing editing skills and is able to isolate the sound. Um, Because I've listened to it over a dozen times and I still can't hear it. Well, the merchant. Maybe you have to listen with your heart. That's the problem. Yeah, your, your heart's not in My it. My heart's not in it. That's it's why I can't like hear it. It's just like Polar Express. Once you stop believing, you I can't, can't hear, hear the it anymore. anymore. You the know, merchant, that's on me. The merchant, he and they are the way you obtain new items, upgrade your weapons in Resident Evil 4. He's got a raspy voice. You can only see his eyes. He's seemingly infected. I don't know if you've noticed. No. I have to have pointed it out to you. No. But his eyes are like red. Aww. Like the Ganados. But it's like, is he? why is he friendly? Maybe Sadler hired him to play a game <laughs> with you? Maybe. Maybe he was like, oh, I'll, I'll let so, this boy think he's got a chance. Sadler, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. Brought upon your doom. Hubris. It's called um, fucking grenade launchers. Oh, yeah. Rocket, oh, rocket, rocket launchers. Launcher, sorry. It's called rocket launchers. But the ultimate question with the merchant that everyone you know, asks is, is it one guy who is just booking it to every location (laughs) that you see him in? Or is it a bunch of guys who look the same and it's like a group of merchants? Because there are some points in the game where you see a merchant, you like go through a door, down a hallway, down some stairs, and then the merchant's there again. And it's like, Boy, <laughs> I mm-hmm. just saw you not 15 feet away. Yeah. You did not run by me. How are you here right now? Same voice. I couldn't tell you. Same chuckle. What do you think? I don't know. What would you like to see? What do you choose to believe? Maybe they're just like octuplets. There's more than eight, but yes. Okay. Well, whatever number that is in <laughs> in the form of 
twins. 30 tuplets. There's not. You think there's 30 interactions at the mer- at With the, the merchant? merchant? Potentially. You think there's 30? I, I think would, it's less than I that. would say there's at least 25. See, I only think there's like maybe 18. 18. I wonder if this is a stat. I want to know. You'd think a man who's played the game as much. I never thought to. Let me count how many times you see the merchant. Mm-hmm. It's got to be at least 25. I'm thinking 18. That's the number that's in my head. But even then, 18 tuplets? I don't know. He's not real. <laughs> I don't think he's real. So you real. think he's a hallucination? I think that... They brought that from the build. Yeah. You hallucinate a man selling you weapons. Yeah. So Ashley's just there like, Leon, what are you doing? Maybe it's like Luis's cousin. They're in Spain. Me llamo Luis Serra. I don't know. Also, yeah. why isn't... But he doesn't have a Spanish accent. <laughs> he's just a fucking pirate. Ah. <sighs> I'll buy it at a high price. Nice. Stranger, stranger. Now that's a weapon. I don't know his diatribe there, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's fun. I love him. Everyone loves him. He's your favorite merchant in any video game ever. Especially if you've played RE4. I don't know. I like Village. Well, here's the thing. Hmm. Fun fact. Resident Evil Village. They intentionally brought features... That were in Resident Evil 4 to Resident Evil Village because they were like, why fix what's amazing? <laughs> Let's use a merchant character in Resident Evil Village. And guess mm-hmm. what? He's fucking amazing. He was very likable. He's one of the best characters in the game. For sure. And He's a merchant. And in that game, he says a line that the original merchant says in Resident Evil 4. And he says... I can't remember which one. I think he says, ah, I'll buy it at a high price. And then he says, oh, sorry. One of my old friends used to say that. So it's like, oh, they're Aww. buddies. A little nudge. They're hey, pals. It's like that stupid thing that we were talking about last time. Oh, I, I like the thing because I know what the thing is. <laughs> I get what he's saying. Yep. Mm. Oh, it's so good. Very cute. I like I like referential I like, like it. That. I like it. It's cute. Very cute. I like it. Ashley Graham. Can we push her off a cliff? The president's daughter. The worst part of this freaking game. Honestly, yeah, I think everyone <laughs> would agree with you on that one. Oh my god. It is universally, for a game that is so beloved, it is pretty much universally agreed upon that Ashley is the worst part of this game. And it's funny. Help be- me, Leon! <laughs> what else did she say? Help! Leon, help! Help me, Leon. I fucking hate her so much. Why do you hate her so much? Because she's a ditzy dumbass. Oh, I just, she has no redeemable qualities. Nothing? And then at the end, she tries to get with Leon. It's like, bitch, why, what, what in your fucking mind makes you think that this godforsaken dude would even consider being with your useless ass? Because she's cute. No, he's in love with Ada. Who is a badass bitch, and I like her because she's got skills. Ashley has none. So, do you not like Ashley because she's like a traditional weak? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I hope when they remake the game, they change that. I hope she's actually useful and she can wield weapons. Mm-hmm. Like, give her a fucking Glock. Well, what did you think about the part where you play Ashley in this game? Oh, I can crawl under furniture. And flip a lever. Right. Good for you. Rats can do that. 
You're a human. <laughs> Rats. Rats and mazes can do that. I'm going to flip this lever. Hey, did you? Ooh, cheese. Ooh. Congratulations. Like, I get it. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, I, this is a game. We can't compare it to real life. Oh, we can. I know. I know I'd be scared shitless and probably would be as useful as Ashley. But come on now. Make it fun. This isn't fun. It's. I was telling I was telling Eddie the first time I watched him play this game I was like Ashley may as well just be a fucking cat because she'd be more likable. That would be adorable. Oh my god, you just have to get like the president's cat back home. Anyways, you adorable. know why I'm here. The president's cat was kidnapped and, <laughs> or rather catnapped, and I have to catnapped. go into Spain and get him back. Exactly. Oh my god. And then the whole time it's just a little cat running around. Yeah, on Leon's shoulders that would be adorable. Little Ashley cat, I'm fine with that. But the the complete, just, oh, she's so annoying. And the lack of voice line she has truly makes it unbearable. She says the same thing like three times in a row. And I'm like, girl, you gotta, you gotta mix it up. I can't. Yeah, I mean, they don't really flesh her out. She's a, she stands up for herself, though. Eventually, yeah. I mean, pretty early on. Yeah. She, at the very least, when Leon shows up and uh, rescues her, she's, like, throwing things and being like, oh, you know, I'm going to fight back a little bit. And then when Luis says a very sexist thing to her, she's like, hey. Oh, like, yeah, I you, forgot about that. She's essentially like, you piece of shit. Don't talk to me like that. Because mm-hmm. Luis sees her and he's like, I see the president has equipped his daughter with ballistics, too. Oh, my God. And obviously it's showing her chest. Yeah. And she says, how rude. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. <laughs> Maybe they should make her like more of an Elle Woods character from Legally Blonde. Like, make her like aggressively perky. Oh and God. Fun. And fun. I think that would be worse. No, it'd be fun. <laughs> aggressively perky, Maybe chasing, not. running around behind me, girl. If you don't get in this fucking crate <laughs> and leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they rework her. But uh, currently, she's um, unbearable. Also, that outfit is horrible. Yeah. The skirt with the. It's cute. She's a schoolgirl. She's like twenty. No, eighteen. She's in college. She's still a schoolgirl. She's a college girl. She's cute. She's fun. She sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Put that on a sticker. In, pretty much. Video games universally escort missions themselves are pretty hated. Yeah. And when Ashley's around, the whole game is an escort mission. Mm-hmm. And it does suck being like overwhelmed by enemies. And then all of a sudden you see Ashley getting carried off. Help and me, Leon. You can't do anything. And then the enemy just teleports through a door with her. And you're like, well, game over, I guess. And then Leon falls to his, falls to his knees and says, oh. No. <laughs> That's what happens when you lose her? Yeah. We never saw that happen. Or when she dies, he falls to his knees oh. and says, Oh, no. Just like that. So, like, do you think that he ends up, like, seeing her as, like, a little sister figure? Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in that Resident Evil movie show that we saw, mm-hmm. the president references his daughter, but I can't remember. I don't think Leon says anything. Yeah, we haven't watched it yet. We haven't finished it. No, but it. we saw it. Yeah. Yeah, which Ashley's in it. Very cute. <laughs> Let me say a few last things about Ashley. 
Okay, finish it up. <laughs> I do wish that she was better. She's super annoying to be around in the game because it just has another way you could fail. Yeah. And she's absolutely useless. Mm-hmm. She does some cute things, some quirky things. When you aim, like she'll be running behind you and you can tell her to wait and follow you like a dog. You can tell her to hide in things. You can tell her to like push levers and stuff sometimes. So she does help in those ways. She drives like a forklift type thing. Oh, yeah. that. So she sequence, yeah. so they could expand on that because she apparently has pretty good driving skills. Yeah. You know? Make her like a maybe she likes to drag race Ooh, on the weekend. She's hot. Yeah. Make her like a dragster. Mm hmm. And she also when you aim your weapon, she like tenses up. And, like, puts her hands in front of her chest and is like, oh, boy. And sometimes when you kill enemies, she, like, pumps her fist. Like, yeah, we got yeah. it. Good job, Leon. Yeah. So, I mean, she, she at least has some character. But it is just, it's annoying to take care of her. She's very stupid. She puts herself in such bad situations. Mm-hmm. And she is just the classic damsel in distress, which is annoying. For sure. Especially at this point. I want her to get some some punches in you she know? probably will i want her to because it's like really you're just gonna lay down and let this dude just lift you up on his shoulder and walk off right like throw some elbows girl i think you're ooh. telling me the president's daughter didn't take taekwondo mm-hmm. that's bullshit let's do this this could age poorly but i think it's fun at the time of this recording the resident Evil 4 remake has not come out yet mm-hmm. what do you think they're gonna change about ashley like one or two things that they're actually going to do. I think they're going to change her outfit. Sure. And I think that they will let her wield one basic weapon, like a blunt object, like a baseball <laughs> bat or maybe an axe if they feel fancy. I predict that she's going to have like a self-defense training. Mm-hmm. So she will be able to fight back against enemies that try and take her. Mm-hmm. And the section where you play as her, yeah, she'll actually be able to like physically kill the enemies. Nice. Yeah, I think we're gonna be right on all fronts. I hope so. I hope so too. All For right. For the sake of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, otherwise we look like scrubs. We're a bunch of idiots. Would you like to talk about the helicopter guy? You put some respect on that man. His name is Mike. Thank you very much. And <laughs> he made the, me cry. What happens with Mike? Oh, well, why don't you tell me, Mr. Uh, I don't really remember his name. <laughs> what? Eddie, is he in other games? I really like him. Um, just, just keep watching. I can't remember. Oh, my God. Mike shows up, steals my heart, two minutes later, dead. <laughs> yeah. That was so... I cried. You did. I did not expect you to get so invested <laughs> in a, uh, essentially what was the hand of a helicopter pilot <laughs> and a voice named Mike. He knew a good bar. He knew a good bar. Looking, God damn it. I was it. looking forward to it. Drinks were on him. <laughs> yeah. No, because it was like fantastic because I was like, holy shit, you're in a really bad situation everything's going sideways you this is like end game and mike shows up and saves your fucking ass and he's just pure charisma and it's like oh this dude is the best he's got ammunition for days he's taken out 
dozens at a time. It's fantastic. And then he gets fucking shot down and killed. And he <laughs> I'm getting upset. I'm getting upset again. It's so good. He was such a good guy. You didn't even see his face. You no. heard his voice. That was it. I was like, this motherfucker is down. And I love it. And then they fucking killed him. Yeah, Sadler, um, he alludes to killing Mike as swatting a fly. It's fucking rude. Leon is pissed at him about that. As he should be. Leon reacts very, very strongly to Mike being killed. So did I. Yes. I don't know why he Mike! said Why did I say so like that? Yeah, I mean, I think it speaks to the strength of how you don't have to do a lot no. to make a memorable character. Mike was my favorite part of this watch through because <laughs> I didn't notice it before. And now this time I'm like, Mike's a real one. <laughs> he was real, real man. He didn't need to go down like that. Yeah. And the sacri- like the sacrifice aspect of that. It's like, oh, such a good guy. A good guy. Good guy. Going in, doing doing his best. And then just gets fucking mowed down. You don't even have to have a face. No, I fell in love with him. Mm-hmm. I was like, this guy. He makes me really sad. It was sad. And it's funny because in the game it's played as like a tragic situation. Yeah. Like it's very much focused on you can walk up to the cliff that Mike's uh, helicopter is at the bottom of. Yeah. And like investigate. And Leon says, Mike, I'll make sure they pay. Mm -hmm. You know? So Leon apparently knew this guy or whatever. I don't know. You know what? I don't even care if Leon knew him. I knew him. Right. That was my guy. Mm Mm-hmm. They took him away from me. Mike. Love him. My favorite character. Doesn't even have a face. Love it. <laughs> He's a hand and a voice. He has a hand with a helicopter as a body. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is the helicopter, not the person inside. That's right. <laughs> oh, boy. Speaking of things that I love. Yeah. And that, again, the Resident Evil community loves. The music in this fucking game is immaculate. It's very nice. The save music in any Resident Evil game is a highlight. Mm-hmm. It is memorable. There are quizzes on the internet where people will play a little bit of the music and say, which one is that from? Mm-hmm. And you can tell right away. The Resident Evil 4 save music is ingrained in my brain. Oh, yeah. I will never forget it. I'm surprised you don't listen to it as like a lullaby at night. Um... Whoa, that'd be cool if you could get it on like a music box. I mean, you can't probably. <gasps> that'd be sick, right? Wouldn't that I'm be about cool? to buy the soundtrack, so oh, about to get that thing on vinyl, baby. You better not. It's like two hundred dollars. It's one hundred forty-one, I think. It's basically two hundred with shipping. Yeah. <laughs> you looked at me like you don't know what you're talking, and then you thought about it, and you're like, "Damn it!" I forgot <laughs> shipping was a thing in this world. Yeah. But there's other music. Yeah. Specifically the music that plays when you are in action. Oh, God. And every single one of these three sets that we have. Oh, that's a good way to call it. The yeah, first set, set. Mm-hmm. is the village. Yes. It's very, like, creepy, you know, something like that mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. And then once you hear a shriek, <laughs> someone yells, you know, there he is or get him. But in Spanish. The music just changes and you're just like, oh, fuck. You know, mm-hmm. it's just coming after you. Yeah. 
in the castle, though, I think is where it really starts to pick yeah, up. Yeah, the, the evil energy is uh, very high. Because in the castle, not only do you have the voices of the... The monks or whatever. The monks, yeah, whatever. They put me to sleep. They're just I found like, that sound very calming. <laughs> they're just chanting. putting me to sleep. <laughs> I think it's the register of the voices. <laughs> like it's just like a nice tone. And so I'm just like And then the whole time the music is just like chug and it's just chuck chuck. Yeah, and I find that sound very relaxing as well. I know it's supposed to be like, oh my god, I'm going to shit myself. This is so stressful, but it like knocked me out. I don't know why. <laughs> it's good. But I think there was one piece of music that stood out the most. Oh, for me, absolutely. And it's on the island. Mm-hmm. The final set. The weirdest set. This is a really yeah, yeah, you're you're like on a military base. But there's a mine. And there's a mine. Like, what's happening? No, there's the a guy with a machine there. gun. The mine's in the castle. Oh, right. The, sorry, the mine is in the castle. Can you talk to me about the music on the island? Oh Why do you God. like it so much? What's oh. going on there? Um, well, it's just, um, for one, it's aggressive. Mm-hmm. It's like constantly just... Yeah. And it's bongos. <laughs> so that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, when I think when I think it's time for battle, I think bongos. Mm-hmm. For sure. Hmm. <laughs> What am I going to use for the score for this intense action movie? Yeah. I think bongos. we got some bongos laying around. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I get it from like a drum aspect. Like drums can emulate heartbeats. Mm-hmm. But that's not what was happening. <laughs> oh, it was come just on. aggressive bongo island for like the entire time. And I was like, am I playing Donkey Kong? Like what is this energy that I'm getting right now? Like I get it's supposed to be foreboding. But I was just like. Oh, oh, okay. Bongos. <laughs> hey, ooh, hey, go. Leon, get it, dog. <sighs> Leon said, oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, but um, Aggressive Bongo Island was very jarring. Yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. And it's hard to tell, like, what time period it is. Because it's like... I mean, it's 2000. It's, it's weird. Because you go from, like, the villagers who look like they fell out of, like, the 1600s, maybe... I mean, it's Spain. Yeah, España. And then you go to the castle, and it's just monks. So it's like, that could be any time. And then you go to the island, and I'm like, am I in an 80s action film? Is Rambo about to hop out from behind this wall? That's Leon right there. Leon! Action boy. Action yeah, the game takes place in 2004. Oh. Because his intro says, 1998. I'll never forget it. Oh, And right. then at the end, he says, six years have passed since that horrendous incident. Wow. Math is gross. So, yeah, the game is in 2004. Do you think they'll send it in current time? No. They'll keep they're it just, in 2004? they just remake the game. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He'll get, new, he'll get a new outfit. I hope, I hope Aggressive Bongo Island oh, is still present. It better still be there. They better keep that music. <laughs> well, let's move on to... Perfect. Once you finish this game, mm-hmm. the credit sequence does one of my favorite things ever for credit sequences. I talked about it in the last episode, but I just love when credit sequences matter and they yeah. expand upon the story and show you more. This credit sequence is probably one of my favorite of all time because, you know, you get here 
to the village to Spain, wherever it is, and everyone's infected. And you start to wonder, well, how did this happen? Mm -hmm. The music that goes along with the like stories of a book Mm -hmm. that they show. Yeah, Yeah, the yeah thank you Mm -hmm. the pages of a story (laughs) stories of a book jesus christ stories of a book with (laughs) words uh, the music but on pages (laughs) (laughs) you mean the sheet music yeah but like with just words and it's like it tells a tale a story yeah that's it okay it (laughs) is told so beautifully Mm-hmm. The music. No words. The music starts off with like a very whimsical, almost fairy tale like, mm-hmm. you know, like very soft sound. And it's showing pictures of the villagers just living life, you know, raising their families. It's very nice and uh, upbeat. Yes. Pastoral living. Yeah. Not really upbeat, but you know, like, sh- you know it's what I'm saying? It's calm and yeah. pleasant. It's calm. And then, like, two minutes into the credits, the music suddenly goes like, and like across the screen it wipes this purple filter yeah and then you immediately see what is the most terrifying thing that could happen to a rural town religion yay the first thing you see (laughs) is a what seems to be a priest Mm -hmm. we think it's a a certain someone in the game yeah we haven't talked about him but mendez He's a big bad guy, the first big boss you fight. I think it's him. But he's standing there, and he's got his arm up, and it's like, uh uh-oh, religion has been introduced here. And we know that Lord Sadler was like a priest. Mm -hmm. This can't be good. No. And then the next scene, it shows them being injected with something, which we know is the parasite. Mm -hmm. And then after that, a terrifying scene of... What appears to be a mother who just murdered her child, mm-hmm. who's just sitting on a chair. And then it shows one of the plagas bursting out of someone's neck. Yeah. And everyone else in the village is like, oh, shit. And it just sort of leads into the darkness and shows you, oh, fuck. Like, they mm-hmm. brought religion as a guise for this parasite. Yeah. And they, like, ruined this whole town. And isn't religion the biggest parasite of all? Hey, hey, there you go. Got him. But it's just so effective. And I love that it's horror done so well with no words. Mm-hmm. Just music and tone. And oh, it's honestly one of the creepiest parts of the whole game. Oh, for sure. Because as soon as that music takes a turn, you're like, wait a damn minute. You're like, I was just looking at the pretty fields with the nice families and the houses and the market. Right. And now everything's bad. It's everyone's so dying. It's so good. Everything about this game is... And and I know it's not, because I've said many a time, and I'll <laughs> say many a time again, that there are parts of this game that I don't like. Every part of this game is so good. It's perfect. <laughs> it's a perfect game. <laughs> <laughs> and I will immediately contradict myself. That's what I am. A walking contradiction. That's right. The experience of playing a horror game versus watching a horror film is so different yeah there's a reason i've never played a horror game mm-hmm. so for me at this point watching horror movies pretty much i can watch any of them and yeah i get tense i get the jump scares they hit me you know there's times where i'll watch a horror movie and i'll be legitimately creeped out we'll talk about one of those movies very soon here on the podcast 
Mm-hmm. But nothing scares me more than playing a horror game because not only is it taking in all the horror around you, but it's you alone oftentimes in your room, headphones on, dark, and you are being chased. You're the one experiencing the horror actively. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a different place to be. And I, I love it. You know, it's so exhilarating to be like, oh, shit, I got to get the hell out of here. See, in order to just, you know, like trigger those kind of feelings, I just think about my future. And that, that gets me there and I'm good. Um, <laughs> oh, that'll get you there. <laughs> that'll get you there. Just existential dread. That's that's my version of a horror game. Um, yeah, no, I can't do it. I one time tried to do like a horror situation simulation on VR and uh, I lasted maybe 50 seconds and I had to rip that thing off my head. It was too real. Yeah, I really think, you know, horror movies, amazing, love them. Don't want to talk down on them at all. And I'm not going to, I don't think I am, but maybe some people will think it is. I think that playing horror games is the ultimate way to experience horror. It's being in there. It's being the character. It's being chased, being killed. Mm -hmm. You just experience it. I mean, the tension is so high when you're low on health. You don't know where you are. You're playing the game for the first time and you don't know anything about it. You're just freaking out because you're like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And you're just, you know, hearts racing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden your dad walks in the room and it's like, hey, dinner's ready. Oh, fuck. (laughs) You chuck your remote. Yeah. You just go flying through the roof. Mm -hmm. Like that's just, ooh. Yeah. It's so good. The only counter I could see to that as being like the best way to experience horror would, I guarantee some people would say haunted houses. Yeah. but that's that's different because that's a it's not a media experience sure that's like a in-person thing so yeah they're different For it's sure. like going to see a musical instead of like watching it on tv yeah i mean they're like i would say they're two sides of the same coin yeah it's just one of them is actually doing it and one of them is experiencing through a game yeah and they both have i think things that they do better and things that they do worse mm-hmm. you know? For sure. yeah so, and I mean, the last little bit is, at this point, the way that we experience this for the podcast, for this episode, I think, you know, I enjoyed it, but I wish, Kayla, that you would have just been able to play it alone for the first time. I, and I know, you know. I wouldn't have made it past level one. Right. But it's just the the experience of playing a horror game for the first time alone, not knowing anything. It's just, I mean, that's what made me love this game. Well, you have so many endorphins like attached to the experience of this game. I don't because I've only ever watched it like during the daytime and I've never done it myself. Right. So it's, it's a bit more difficult for me to like empathize with it because it's not scary to me. There were scary right. moments. There were moments where I was like, oh, shit. But, like, overall, I was not mm-hmm. afraid of the experience. So it's kind of hard to really convey, yeah, like, the horror of playing a game to someone else. Because mm-hmm. even, you know, like, I stream on Twitch and I've played horror games on Twitch. And I often wonder, you know, when I'm freaking out, are other people freaking out too, you know? Mm-hmm. Are they experiencing it the same way I am because they're not playing it so they're not going to die? But, you know, there's, like, mirror... Yeah, mirror neurons. Mirror neurons and stuff, yeah. But it's just, I don't know. 
I I wish I could have given you my first experience. Oh yeah, that would be amazing. Cuz you know, it's just it makes it so m- much more real. Mhm. And not only that, when we were doing the playthrough, I did feel sort of bad because I was trying to go through it as fast as I could. Yeah. And I knew what was going to happen and everything. So I was like, oh, am I depriving Kayla of like the scare here? Am I taking away like, is she not going to like this game as much because she didn't like it's not scary to play mm-hmm. or watch someone play who's played it 50 times and knows everything? Yeah, you know, that definitely took some of it away. But it was also nice because I was just able to like really get a feel for the plot instead of getting like kind of lost in the weeds of freaking out because I don't know what's going on. <laughs> right. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll play it one day. Yeah. I mean, I, d- I definitely think just it's worth... If you've never experienced a horror video game, I think it's definitely worth doing, especially if you like horror as a genre. There's so many good ones out there. So many more that we'll cover here on the podcast, I'm sure. But it's just, there. there's nothing like experiencing a horror game for the first time in your room, alone, headphones on, turned up all the way, noise canceling. So all you hear is the mm, game, nope, nope. darkness Mm-mm. behind you. Will never be me. The glow of the screen in front of you. Oh my God. It's just, oh, Mm-mm. you feel alive. And we all know you don't listen to that trick of like, when you have to adjust the brightness level so you can't <laughs> no. see the... Lo- you're like, fuck that shit. I can't brightness see. all the way. I can't see. I can't see shit, but yeah. I'm going to see as much as I can. It's so good. Fantastic. Well, uh, now we're on to our final section. Mm-hmm. It is called... D-T-R. Let's define the relationship we have with Resident Evil 4 today. Today. You'll call it today. <laughs> i'll call now <laughs> um so my relationship with resident evil i think we covered it pretty well um but if resident evil was a relationship for me specifically resident evil 4 uh it would be like my favorite bartender i know their name i know a little bit about their personal life but i leave it at that i go in knowing what to expect i get what i need and i share a few laughs i pay and then I leave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> although I'm not nearly as emotionally connected to Resident Evil 4 as Eddie is, I still appreciate it for what it is. It's a hard-working force in the horror game genre, and it's made horror games more approachable for me, for sure. And it's um, made me realize that sometimes you just need to, to shoot some parasitic monsters in the head and, you know, break some chests and... Organize some inventory to unwind at the end of the day. So, um, Resident Evil and I, we're chill. We're chill. <laughs> I don't know. What what can I really say? What more can you say? I Summing this up was tough for me because, similar to Space Jam, I guess, it's just how can you summarize something you love so much in so few words, right? Let me just get straight to the point here, though. I am absolutely 100% in love with this game. I am obsessed. I am show dependent. However you want to call it or label it, that is what I am. It's almost, you could say, I am legitimately like a stalker for this game. Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? That's a lot. Like, I have bought this game on every console I've had 
because this game has been released on every console ever made at this point. <laughs> Which means, yes, I have, in fact, bought the same game, Resident Evil 4, five or six times. Jesus Christ. And I legitimately, when I found out it was on the Switch, I said, I think I'm going to get it on the Switch. <laughs> and I'm going to get it. You literally just played it. Not on the Switch. Oh, Jesus Christ. And if my PC is ever good enough and stable, might get it on there too. Plus, we got the remake coming out, so we can add three or four more purchases of this game in the future. Yeah, you're right. You are you're you're uh, obsessed. So I guess you could also say, Resident Evil Four cannot escape me. Nice. And I cannot escape it. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. As I have said, this game is actually literally. The most influential piece of media in my life. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Especially within horror. Did I consume some kids' horror? Are you afraid of the dark, goosebumps, and the like? Sure. We were all young. We all loved that stuff. But I was a terrified little child. Young Eddie could not hang with horror in any way. Shows and films like Courage the Cowardly Dog and Candyman things we will probably cover in the future, scared the absolute hell out of me. Bloody Mary? Mm Mm-mm. No way. Like I said, to this day, me in bathrooms, pure darkness, can't do it. The paranoia sets in. But in 2005, at age 14, this game came along and changed me forever. The action helped, obviously, but the horror was so good, the tension was insane. Enemies like the Regenerator, the Iron Maiden, they stick with you. A man chasing you with a chainsaw, if he touches you once, you die immediately? That's terrifying. I legitimately could talk about this game for days. Just by myself, in a room, locked alone, I could just ramble on about this game. Please don't do that. You don't need to. You have me, and we've talked about it enough for the the day, at least. We're going to cover it next time. Jesus Christ. (laughs) But let me start wrapping this up, because I wanted it to be short, but it can't be short. There has been no game that I have loved playing more than Resident Evil 4 and no game that I have played more than Resident Evil 4. I mean, I have played this game regularly since 2005. And you're an old man, so that's a lot. You better relax with that. (laughs) Got him. (laughs) (laughs) I, for many years, had every moment of this game memorized perfectly. When new games come out of any genre, RE4 is the standard. Why do I love Resident Evil Village? Because it's like Resident Evil 4. I truly believe this was a turning point in my life. It made me so much more interested in horror as a genre and more willing to delve deeper into it. I started watching horror films in theaters, something I could have never done before. I played more horror games. Hell, I hung up a poster of Leon getting his head cut off by a chainsaw in my room, and my parents hated it. I would hate it too. That's really intense. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but what, what, what I'm taking too long to say here is this. Resident Evil 4 can be credited both for changing the culture of entertainment as a whole and for changing who I am as a person. So thank you, Resident Evil 4. You're the best and you always will be. And hopefully the remake does not change too much. Here's to hoping. Well, that is it. We did it. Yes, we did. I want to do it again. We've almost... No. No, 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 no. Well, hey, thank you to Resident Evil 4, and thank you to whoever is out there listening for listening to us ramble on. 
For sure. Thank you. If you liked what you heard here, please do us a favor. Follow, download, and spread the word. Tell your... Tell your cousin's girlfriend and her mother to go listen to the podcast. (laughs) There you go. And you can tell them to find Show Dependent on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram to get updates. That is at Show Dependent Pod, spelled out S-H-O Dependent Pod. If you want to follow myself, my at on Twitter and Twitch is Victor V. Sweet. And Kayla, what about you? If they want to follow you, where can you be found? Well, I know where you're not going to find me, and that's in a goddamn mine. <laughs> Those prospectors ain't catching me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DJ Vivich. And that's it. You don't need to find me anywhere else. And don't you dare try. If you try, I will know. And I will I will deny that request. So please do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> it tells me when you try. And then I yeah, say no. Yeah, and then I'm like, oh, I have to say no. I told them not to. And then they did it. Mm-hmm. Just find me on Twitter, please, if you if you feel so inclined. That's right. And as we said at the beginning, spooky season is in full effect here on Show Dependent. So we will continue with, funny enough, the undead next (laughs) episode. Kayla, can you tell us about next episode's topic? We're going to be talking about love and racism and musicals and zombies. Because we're going to be talking about the Disney Channel original movie zombies and zombies too and zombies too mm-hmm. yes i am in fact 30 <laughs> and i'm approaching 30 rapidly <laughs> and we will cover a disney channel original movie because hey it's fucking good and you know what everybody can find their spooky someone well that is all for us today so as we always do Let's try and answer a very important question, Let's which do it. is, where's, where's everyone, everyone going? going? Bingo? Bingo?